So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to. Uh, no. Come on, we can't say anything funny until you've done your bit. No, you go. No, come no, no, on. You go. No, we don't want to go until no, you've done yours. You no, go no, first. You. I'm G. Graz, and today from the Southwark Tavern in London Bridge, we are going to talk about the Italian Grand Prix. Hang on a minute. We haven't, look, we haven't finished the intros, and we've got to do the intros before you do the, this bit. That's how it works. Sorry, but we missed it. A what? Hang on, Carlos Sainz is here. What's going on? He's done an intro. Oh, my God. Is he going to get bold? What? Is he? Oh. Oh, no. He's going to do a shit time uh, in the shit intro. And qualifying. Scene. <laughs> That's all to come. Joining me is a man who is looking forward to the past. It is Phil Troman. Hello, everyone. I'm here in person. That's exciting, isn't it? I'm looking forward to the past that's coming up this weekend. What am I talking about? Of course, I'm talking about the Goodwood Revival which I'm going to this weekend for the first time ever, which, if you're not familiar with it, is basically a, hist- a, f- a, a fun-filled weekend of historic motorsport where you get dressed up in vintage clothes and there's old cars with famous racing drivers and I'm going to go and I'm dressing up as... What are you going to wear? Oh, well. That was my first question. What are you going to wear? I, uh, I went to a costume shop on Saturday and oh. spent three hours trying oh, on different Jesus. things. I was going for Don Draper in Mad Men. There's this one bit where he wears... like I found this, like tartan sports jacket nice. and there's a, one. there's a bit in Mad Men where he wears that and everyone went ooh I was like I could rock that off with the greatest respect Phil I speak yeah. to myself here as well neither of us are as good looking as John Hamm no it's ooh. I mean it's a close run thing but I think overall you're probably right yeah. so yeah I've sort of ended up as sort of like early Bruce Forsyth okay <laughs> so that'll be fun so keep an eye out for me I don't yeah. know why that's so funny <laughs> I'm just imagining Early Bruce Forsyth with yeah. his ridiculous when he was what, when he was going fully bold before the wig. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I, a, I'm, I'm going to bold well, move. I'm, gonna, I'm going to the barber on Saturday morning before I go, and I'm going to get my hair done in the '60s style. What, just shaved sh- off. Show him a picture of '60s Bruce <laughs> Forsyth. And alongside him is a man who has applied for a job in Formula One. Ooh, are so, you replacing Sir Yeah, well, you know, I, I often apply for jobs in Formula One. 
aerodynamicist, data mm-hmm. analyst, you know, I think <laughs> I could give it a go. But a job came up that is actually perfect for me. And I will use this now as my application. Is need- this interview practice? Hmm? Give us a time when you've uh, failed. To qualify. <laughs> oh, did you did you hear the intro we did? <laughs> it's really funny. No, I do as a job, in my day job, motion graphics for the BBC, for the news. And a job's come up working for Formula One itself, doing motion graphics. Ooh. And the job description basically says the four the three criteria are a fanatical devotion to the Pope. No, the three criteria <laughs> are to uh, be able to do motion graphics, tick. To have a knowledge and love of Formula One. Well, a knowledge. Kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and to have broadcast experience. So like, I'm just there going, ding, ding, ding. This yeah. is a job for me. And I applied last week. I've heard nothing. Oh. Yeah, but I'm not going to lie. I don't think F1HR are probably big fans of this podcast. Um, this well, is probably not the best time. This was the next thing. Because in the application, I thought hard, long and hard to go, right, what do I do? Do I not mention the podcast and they might Google me and find the podcast or Them. go straight in and go, I do this podcast, which A, if they've never heard of it, might go, this is impressive. Mm-hmm. Or they might think it's Miss Apex or something. Or that'll go against me. And, um, so We love you guys. We love Miss Apex. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned it. I said, I do this podcast and I've heard nothing. So I'm thinking I made that, on the wrong thing. Have, when, yeah. when did you apply? It was about like nine days ago. Oh, oh well, it's probably still open. Chica, what have you been up to? Um, well, I am a bridesmaid for my friend. Obviously, she is my friend. Otherwise, that would, would be, be odd. weird. Otherwise, yeah. And we went wedding dress shopping, Ooh. which I thought was going to be quite fun. I accidentally got quite drunk the night before and went wedding dress shopping with a hangover. Oh, I thought you were going to say you went wedding dress shopping while drunk, which would probably be more fun. May have been on right. there. It was a horrendous experience. Why, why, is it, why so bad? Surely because it's every girl's dream. there's nothing you want to do less than sit and try and come up with, you know, compliments than really what you're just What kind of looks are you like going for? Meringue? White. Basically, all I can think of was a meat-based snack. Is that what she looked like? That's what I... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's your friend Polly Pepperami. (laughs) (laughs) So let's hang around a bit to see if anyone else wants to lead the way into Listener's Corner. No. Okay, fine. So we will do it. The Italian Grand Prix began in traditional F1 style, a complete fiasco, as everyone waited for everyone so they could draft them. And in the end, everyone was eliminated apart from Carlos Sainz. Hakim Sheriff said, I honestly found the qualifying debacle extremely entertaining. I think they should make every qualifying session just enough time to do an outlap. That way, they have to race to the line to even be able to set a qualifying time. Daniel Eckersley agrees, Q3 was such a farce, it was like watching a cycling race with breakaway dicks around right before the finish, waiting for everyone else to kick first, and they all get caught. To be fair, there was much more action in that session than some of the entire Grand Prix. So, don't worry, I have a solution, etc., etc. Whoa, 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 you're not allowed to make solutions, Daniel Eckersley. I have the solutions. He didn't actually say one, he just put it in brackets. He's, it's a proposal. He said, maybe just make Q3 three minutes long in the future. 
Yeah, well, that's your entire state of F1 done then. <laughs> yeah, that's me fucked for a week. So I think it was amazing, and I wouldn't change it for the world. It was absolutely brilliant. Because for me, I didn't watch qualifying live, and I did that thing where you kind of, I got home and like the computer was flashing and Twitter. I saw a couple of Twitter replies going like, "That was ridiculous." Typical Formula One, all this kind of stuff. So I, th- I knew something had happened at the end, but I thought it was like a big crash because there was that bit halfway through where was it Vettel went over the white line so yeah. I thought it was going to be all of the times got cancelled I could not predict that it was they didn't manage to do a lap because they all went really slowly <laughs> <laughs> so it's brilliant now Yes, if that happened every week, it would become a farce. The fact it happened once. There was talk this week, like I think Ross Braun or someone was saying, they're thinking next year of playing with some of the formats of the weekends and, you know, having get rid of Friday, doing a different kind of qualifying, doing this. I'm well up for that. If every now and again, a fuck up this monumental happens. <laughs> Can you just imagine it? They went, okay, and... Um, this week the format for qualifying is fuck it up any way you can whoever fucks up the most gets on pole (laughs) it is rare in the in the what 60s almost 70 years of formula one that something comes up that you've never seen before has this ever this has never happened i've never seen it before if if anybody and i'm sure some of our listeners are more knowledgeable than us if you know of something that happened like this let us know but i i don't remember anything happening it was like like an episode of scooby-doo where they went around the first corner sneaking up on the ghost like prancing and whispering and then carlos signs because because who was it that went off the escape road was it Hulkenberg I think yeah, well Hulkenberg came out first because he, he was, was first he, he went oh shit I don't want to be first yeah and then oh. I was like oh no oh I've gone off the escape road oh well maybe I'll get through into oh and then nobody everyone just slowed down and let him still get out first and then the worst bit because Carlos Sainz got across the line which meant that he could do a lap and we all know how Formula 1 works the track rubbers in by the end of the session you got more of a chance to do a quicker lap. And I thought genuinely what's going to happen is Carlos Sainz is going to get the fucker on pole <laughs> and it's going to be like this kind of glorious fairy tale. Oh my God, what a huge farce. And then he comes around and finishes in like eighth. And it's like, oh, that's, that's somehow worse of an anticlimax than none of the cars doing a lap is one doing a lap and not improving. But what are the lessons that Formula One can learn from this? None. Keep it as do it, it is. Again. This kind that of shit fun. is amazing. Well, this, it was particularly peculiar to Monza, though, wasn't it? It probably wouldn't work anywhere else. It's because drafting is so important there. They reckon it was worth like 0.3 of a second, which in F1 terms is a lot of time. So you can understand why they were so keen to not be in front. Yeah, for technical reasons. So DRS isn't worth much because the wing is so skinny anyway that opening the wing... Yeah, they all run super low downforce because it's so fast. But the the slipstreaming drafting can get a lot more. Yeah. So, you know, it's that classic F1 data shit. Mm. They've gone, the best way of doing this is get behind your teammate. Yeah, but the teams were saying go, weren't they? And it's... Some of the well, teams were saying yeah. go, and some of the drivers well, were saying were, hold you off. See, you see the in-cars, and some of them were like, oh shit, we better go. Mm. And then they couldn't get past because everyone was like yeah. four wide across the track, and they were just like, ah, I need to go. But there's an interesting about Leclerc, because he was given the draft by Vettel on the first run, and the agreement was that he gives uh, Vettel goes behind him on the second and they all got out of position and he was kind of backing up refusing to kind of give the place he wanted to be behind all this kind of stuff but at the time I was a bit like alright Leclerc's been a bit of a prick he's been you know he's he's putting his foot down and getting a bit too big for his boots but the other side of me and I'm sure we'll discuss it in more detail later is 
He's showing kind of world champion material. This, and I was is, thinking exactly the same thing. He is fucking like, over Vettel and he's fucking like, over all of qualifying. Doesn't give a shit. <laughs> exactly. He, he seems like such a nice, sweet yeah, guy. That's it. And acting charming, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he is. But then you suddenly realise, ooh, he's got a dickish streak. This <laughs> is like in 1998 when... I refused to clean the house I lived in when and I was now 18. And look at you. Yeah, now look at me. And <laughs> the woman that I live with, who was really keen on, like, there's four of us house share, and she was really keen on, like, everything being tidy. And I was being a dick and wouldn't tidy, but she thought I was so nice. She, she actually even said in the argument with all four of us, it's not Terry I've got a problem with, because I know that he tidies. And it's just like, no, I hadn't. So I am... <laughs> So, if anything, Charles Leclerc is the 1998 version of me. No, yeah. the 2019 version of the 1998 version of me in a student house where I wouldn't wash my frying pan, which, mean, which means that he's going to be world champion. I'm 90% sure there's a new Charles Leclerc t-shirt in that somewhere. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, while Ferrari's golden boy, Charles Leclerc, romped home to a glorious victory spare a thought for the ham-fisted stepchild Sebastian Vettel who tripped over his shoelaces at the Ascari chicane and blundered into Lance Stroll so Jonathan Petrovic said I saw something absolutely incredible this weekend something so bewildering so jarring that I began to question the very nature of reality itself a Ferrari driven by Vettel struggling for position with a small child named Russell in a Williams powered solely by the fading ghost of a memory of racing glory from a generation ago. How the mighty have fallen. Kevin Barry said, can we please finally start describing Vettel accurately as a mediocre driver? He got lucky for a few years with a car that suited him perfectly. This is the second time he has been comprehensively embarrassed by his younger teammate. And Paul Hinton said, Vettel is a broken man who has so obviously fallen out of love with the sport. It's almost a mirror image of the 2018 Alonso. But if he did go with who would replace him, Hulkenberg is a free agent. But is he strong enough for a works Ferrari deal? Maybe enough money can prize Ricardo away from Renault? And Sam Miguel Woolbank said, Vettel out. Defo lost it. A new driver will be Ferrari alongside Charles. Rather have Kimi there. I wouldn't be entirely surprised if somehow Kimi Raikkonen manages to get like another <laughs> five years out of Ferrari. That would be amazing. <laughs> Just like, they cannot get rid of him. I mean, you can sort of... He would have been better. He would have been better. You can sort of see the logic if you yeah. think. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. He's got experience. He's a safe pair of hands. Well, You've got two. Leclerc there as the obvious number one now. Yeah, we've got a good number two driver who everyone loves him. Yeah. He's a very popular driver. Yeah. He'll bash in the results you need, but yeah. he won't challenge Leclerc, really. He'll so do what he's told. He's Bottas 0.5. <laughs> um, so... I mean, if, if, if for some bizarre reason, let's assume that Vettel probably will quit at the end of the season. Would you, uh, well, would you be surprised if he does? No, not at all. I think he's gone. You reckon? He's he's he doesn't care how many penalty he's got, points he's got. He's got a load got. of money. He's got his classic car collection. He's got his privacy. He's got his wife and his kids. He's got like four Formula One world champions, or five, four, four. four. He knows he's not going to get another one. He's he knows deep down he's fucked. It. He must know Leclerc's better than him. Mm, yeah, you know, that's not. That I mean, we that. do. Yeah. yeah, and we're idiots. Yeah. 
And on another topic, Nathan Smith asks, how shit are the crowd shots during the action? What the fuck was the director or producer or whoever it is playing at this weekend? Somebody oh, that doesn't like Absolutely cars. unbelievably poor. Come on, I got quite nostalgic. Because remember, Murray Walker used to always have a go. We got, we got a local director this weekend and he's doing, he's just following the Japanese driver because we're in Japan. And there's a bit of, because that the Vettel incident, like you saw Stroll coming up and you're like, oh my God, they're going to crash, cut. And it's just like the Italian director went, I cannot see a Ferrari being hurt, cut. <laughs> I could be wrong here, but I don't think they do that anymore. I think they have the same team all year round, apart from maybe Monaco. I reckon Monza and might. Possibly may, one other. Was it Monza? Maybe Monza. Again, somebody more knowledgeable, let us know. Why, it was why deli- would they have different ones there? Well, I think Tradition. Monaco has all sorts of rules because it's uh, in a kingdom rules. and basically run by Prince Albert? The Prince. And I th- maybe Monza is the same. I can't remember. But I think the rest of the year it's the same. It's the same camera guys. It's the same directors. It's the same crew. Which would make sense. That goes round to every race. But I mean, they, they are having a very off day. Terrible. Mm. I loved it. Why did you love it? It just reminded me of a time gone by when everything was gloriously shit and <laughs> the graphics were shit. You know, which they still are. Actually, I could fix that. Um, <laughs> but it just reminded me of this kind of everything's a bit too slick these days. Formula One used to be comically bad TV coverage. Like I'm sure I talked about it before. My favourite one was the 1991 or two Mexican Grand Prix, where they went from the highlights, and at the end they just went, "Are oh, we going to join the end of the race live? Because it's happening now." <laughs> they just go and cut the middle of the race out and go, "Here's the last two laps." And I was watching it going, "But what's happened?" <laughs> It used to be shit. It used to be part of Grandstand. You didn't get a whole programme with um, Simon Lazenby or what's the Channel 4 guy called? Steve Jones. Steve Jones doing a whole... What's like he called? He follows us on Twitter. Hi, Steve. Well, He's probably listening. We don't, have, we don't have like a whole hour of build-up <laughs> before. It used to be on Grandstand. Des Lynham would then go, OK, we're going to interrupt the golf to bring you the last three seconds of qualifying. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't get to watch the whole session. It yeah. would just be done. So I quite liked the shitty camera work because it reminded me of when I was a child and when I was happy, Phil. So what you're saying is that to, to bring back the audiences, Formula One needs to cut away right at the end of qualifying and go to like the bowls from Eastbourne or something definitely and okay. I think what they need to do we keep talking about cutting staff from teams to bring a budget cap mm. I think Formula 1 itself should have a budget cap oh my god I'm talking myself out of a job but they should have a budget cap and they should get rid of all of the fancy people that just have like 10 blokes me mm. being one of them all women doing <laughs> <laughs> all of the coverage oh non-binary as well um, yeah, identify as a man or a woman or not, I don't mind, <laughs> as long as there's only 10 of you. So just a, a week after the tragic events that happened at Spa, Formula 3 driver Alex Peroni had a lucky escape after a spectacularly massive incident at the Parabolica during the F1 weekend. He walked away, albeit with a concussion. Davian Dent said, so that scary as piss F3 crash, I'm trying to work out how come the car got so much air. Was it a combination of the forward velocity mixed with the air, with the rear downforce after bumping that curb, or something more mystical? Did you guys see this? I saw it. No. I've never seen a crash like that outside of a video game. I've seen it on a video game, so I'm guessing on a, that's on a video what it game. Was. It's like the thing where you go, oh, "Look at the hilarious physics; they're all messed up." I feel like we can sort of laugh at it because he was largely okay, but it was terrifying. Did you see it, Chief? No, I didn't see it. Describe it. So, car went off went upright so it was like on its back legs like a cute dog on a video 
Right. That it kind of went for a bit, then went all the way around, hit the carriage fence, went and came for a back bit in. where you need to. So it's up, it's up, up like a cute dog. Fortunately, that doesn't sound patronising. <laughs> yeah. It went to cute dog, then to <laughs> essentially it was it was basically the fault of the sausage curb at the outside of uh-huh. Parabolica <laughs> sausage, um, which they put there to stop people going stupidly wide and 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 using too much space and gaining extra yeah. speed about it. Yeah, so yeah. right on the outskirts of the main, the last big curb at the end of the lap had this sausage curb and in the F3 race Alex Peroni went slightly wide hit the sausage curb but instead of it just sort of bouncing him up and him skittering off and losing some time yeah it sort of lifted the nose up and then the wind got underneath the bottom of his car and basically launched him like an aeroplane probably ooh 30 feet in the air yeah where he basically did a double barrel roll and crashed it was huge and crashed cockpit first into the fence so if the if the, the halo, halo hadn't been there my word if the halo hadn't been there he'd he'd be in all sorts of trouble but it was and i, I mean i think he got a concussion and maybe a sort of cracked vertebrae but considering the violence of the accident it was uh it was uh, i mean he's done incredibly well to get away with that so another news the rich energy saga surely one of the greatest tales in formula one history is over Haas has formally ended its relationship with the supremely shifty energy drink manufacturer and will be running a car free from rich energy branding for the rest of the season. A statement from Haas read, while enjoying substantial brand recognition through its title partnership of Haas F1 team in 2019, a corporate restructuring process at rich energy will see the need for a revised global strategy. Subsequently, Haas F1 team and Rich Energy concluded a termination of the existing partnership was the best way forward for both parties. Haas F1 team would like to express its thanks and best wishes to the stakeholders at Rich Energy. We now, so we're now going to go to our business speak translator, Terry Saunders. Well, actually, I'd like, can I read another tweet? which is Rich Energy tweeted, CEO William Storey said, I would like to thank the Haas F1 team for great efforts in our partnership. It's regrettable that they got caught in a crossfire of shareholder dispute, which led to this wholly avoidable fiasco. I wish the team the very best and our passion for motorsport is unabated. To which I replied, and he hasn't replied back for some reason, this is like shitting yourself and then blaming your pants. (laughs) (laughs) Because what a fucking car crash this is like you can't I mean I know they've got to do some kind of corporate babble at the end of it but basically I don't know what's happened <laughs> I mean what I think's happened is they haven't paid out the money and they're a bunch of charlatans Terry it sounds like you'd come out with something that was incredibly libelous and mattered cut Does that yeah <laughs> that's what just happened <laughs> and William's story if you're listening to this you're a <laughs> yeah I, I'm sort of sad about this it feels like the end of an era I mean, there's so many great stories in Formula One, and William's story <laughs> is He's not great, one of them. <laughs> He's not the William story, um, which is I, also I'm, shit. I wonder if we're going to see anything like this again. Yeah, every ten years or so, some charlatan comes in, realizes he can make some be money. What's going to next? Do you think? What's the next sort of equivalent rich energy like? Bitcoin, what? vaping, va- vaping. Actually, Mission Winno 2.0. Do you know what vaping probably will be, isn't it? Because uh, tobacco sponsorship's gone. Oh, I think vaping sponsorship's vaping's, allowed, though. Vaping's <sighs> bad for you, isn't it's it? It's not as bad as tobacco, though. The Juul Mercedes team, that's a brand of vaping. Oh, right. No, but they found lung disease. Oh, do you know what? <laughs> Five people have been hurt from it. Out <laughs> of millions, you smoke it. Oh, I think you're I've got, fine. I've got strawberry lung. <laughs> I mean, I object to the fact... 
Call what me. people say at the beginning of smoking. Call people were like, oh, three people oh, have got lung people problems got from smoking. Oh. oh. Look, I don't know if I'm just getting old, but I prefer the smell of cigarettes to the smell of fucking sweets everywhere. No, I prefer sweets. No. So... In a shock development, Mercedes announced two drivers that are going to race for them next year. Stoffel Van Dorn and F2 star Nick De Vries will step up to the Silver Arrows from next season. But don't worry about Lewis and Valtteri. This is all about the launch of Mercedes' new Formula E team. Does this mean Mercedes is getting bored of F1? Well, yep. I mean, how long have they been dominant now? It's been a good few years. So five years, probably next year as well. So that'd be six years of winning six titles, maybe. Suddenly, 2021. And you think that's made them bored? Well, suddenly, when, when you've been smashing everything out of the park and you can't get any better than winning the teams and the drivers' championship for X number of years in a row. Yeah, but I'm and then sorry. suddenly the rules are going to change in 2021 and they can't be confident of getting the same amount of wins. They might do a Porsche. Uh, They've got two year overlap now of going into Formula E. Because, like, the, the Le Mans, Porsche and Audi and all that kind Peugeot, of stuff. Yeah. Porsche. It's Porsche, Audi, and Peugeot for a bit, wasn't it? They were yeah. the, the big dogs. Peugeot, that's what I mean. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, no, Toyota. Begins with anyway. P, sounds well, Toyota were there as well. <laughs> but yeah, everyone dropped out, is what you're saying. Yeah, except for just Toyota. Toyota. <laughs> you were just going, I can win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so, so Mercedes have launched this big new thing with all star drivers, new Silver Arrows. I mean, the new car is called literally the Silver Arrow 01, which is a shit name. It's a terrible oh, name. That's uh, but they've got Stoffel, who, you know, is, is a guy. And Nick DeVries is meant to be all right. Is he? he Did used he ever to be, make it to Formula One? He used to be a McLaren. He's winning the F2 Championship, and he was he was on McLaren's books for a while. He's but won't, he, won't, he won't want to go to Formula One because Formula E is better. Well, well, whatever. I wonder if this is going to get to the point where Mercedes are like, well, what, we can't do any better than we've done, and we keep doing really well of it. Let's go and win Formula E instead, because they've also got a, a new range of electric cars coming out, the EQ range, which they've named oh. their team after. It's called Mercedes EQ something or other. That's interesting. So, not for any time soon, but, you know, don't be surprised. You heard it here first, or possibly several other people have already said it. I don't know. Cool. So you can tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake. Find us on Facebook, where we're For F1's Sake. Or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Thank you to everyone that's donated beer money to us in the last week. However, we haven't had any donations this week. What? Oh. Well, you know what? They're all trying to donate, but they're all trying to get someone else to donate first, and then they yeah. run out of time. Yeah? Are we over now? Is that We're the done. end of us? Phil, what are you drinking? We're old news. I'm drinking uh, tap water. Delicious. Uh, which is very nice. Yeah, it's surprisingly cheap, actually. Got a pint of it. Yeah? Yeah, no ice. And really good for your complexion as well. Wait, what? Terry, what are you drinking? Well, I've taken the challenge, and they've. you've said to me... We haven't got any money for a drink. What are you going to get? And it turns out, if you ask very nicely, they can empty the drip trays into a pint <laughs> for you. And it's got a bit of a tang. Mm. I'll be honest. It Slops. smells a bit kind of, you know, ash tree. But oh. it's getting me quite sozzled. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, right. I like to ask if they can wring out the little mats. You know? Just wring them into your yeah. mouth. Into my, yeah, mouth. That's why I haven't even got a glass. Yeah, drink yeah. urine. Drink other people's urine. But we would like to say thank you to the people that have a voluntary monthly subscription. You make sure that we don't always have to drink piss, uh, piss and tap water. Um, and you can do so. You can uh, donate to us if you go to www.ff1s.com slash pint, pint, pint. 
it's time for the teams. So Ferrari. Leclerc may have shown some unsportsmanlike traits, but his driving was outstanding. And no, I didn't know what he had to do to get away with running Hamilton off the track. He is now ahead of Vettel. So does this mean he is without doubt the main driver in Ferrari? Yes. Good. Absolutely, categorically. I mean, he... I think we've thought that all season anyway. But we can't underestimate how important winning the Italian Grand Prix is to Ferrari fans and the Italian press who are king in Italy. Even if he never wins another race, he yeah. will now be welcoming, well, I mean, all of Italy for the rest of his life. Who? When did Sebastian Vettel first win the Italian Grand Prix for Ferrari? Ooh, 2000 and... He hasn't. Oh. He's never won it for oh, Ferrari. Oh, is he not? Oh, no. there you go. The last Ferrari driver to win the Italian Grand Prix was Alonso. Oh, then no, I did know that. That and is they, a good fact. And they still love fact. him, even though they've got off him a bit. But they still love him. Yeah. Well, uh, did you see the Did you see the footage of the big Ferrari fest that they had in Milan no. before the Grand Prix? No. Basically, Ferrari took over the big famous square in Milan next to the big church. I've, Been there. I've, I haven't, so I don't know what it's called. The, There's it's a big square. The square. Okay. Yeah. The uh, Piazza Charlie. Piazza, the Piazza di Milano. Um, and Ferrari took over, and they basically had pretty much all their living past F1 drivers and the place was packed with Tifosi going mental for them like even people who'd only been at Ferrari for like a year and then there were a bunch of people surreptitiously putting suspicious packages in bins that were stopping all of the traffic system going around and then Michael Caine I'm just doing an Italian job reference. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. I just can't help no, it. Honestly, can't if this was myself. 1967, we'd be laughing so hard. The point is, if you've driven a Ferrari at any point for any reason... Nope, haven't. You'll be, you'll be welcome in Italy. If you've won a race for Ferrari, you'll be super welcome. You're a god. If you've won the Italian Grand Prix in a Ferrari, I mean, short, the only way I think he could do better is if he was Italian himself. But he speaks Italian. And he's nearly Italian. Yeah, it's close. You know, more miles. Yeah. But imagine how bad it would be to be at that parade and be Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, luckily it was before Leclerc won, but but even so, even next then, next year's just going to be it awkward. It was still a bit rubbish, wasn't it? It yeah. was just like, well, next year's not going to be awkward because he won't go. That's the thing. But um, there's just this idea of Vettel has been a bit shit for Ferrari for a while. Leclerc has been this kind of up and coming thing. We've known from last year at Sauber he was going to be good. And he's he's got it. He's smashing it. Well, it's always it's never it's never an absolute nailed uncertainty, isn't it? Because there's been so many times when drivers have been really good in F2, as Leclerc was, or GP2 as he used to be, and we've sort of you know sort of slightly seen a bit, and they've gone, oh, he's good, he'll be good. And then they come into F1, and they just don't quite have it. Stoffel van Dorn being a prime example. But it's particularly poignant for Ferrari because they stacked a lot of their future on Jules Bianchi. Yeah, and obviously, tragically, he died and so it almost felt like when Charles Leclerc was starting to be mentioned it was almost like he was the the next driver along well of course he's he's uh, Bianchi's uh, godson yeah exactly yeah. so it's like it's 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 kind of odd that he's there and then you think of all the drivers who have nearly driven for Ferrari the last few years you've got Ricardo was rumoured to be close this week we found out that Maldonado is close <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't I don't think we've got that in the script anywhere else so should we quickly talk about that as an aside go for it so Mal, Pastor Maldonado remember him did an interview this week where he said that he was on he he thought he'd been on the verge of signing for Ferrari in 2013 <laughs> I mean 
I mean, who are they leveraging for a contract there? It's just they're going, <laughs> right, Alonso, I mean, you can hardball us, but it's not going to happen because we've got another driver lined up. It's pretty special. Who is it? Just trust us. It's special. It's Maldonado, isn't it? All right, you can stay for as long as you want. So if I was in the car with Vettel, if it was physically possible and if I wasn't in Wed 2B... <laughs> After Hang on, the wedding dress shop was called Wed 2B, number two, letter B. That sounds like a classy place. This yeah. is someone who's not focusing... There were two shops, two shops. Number one was... Um, Wed to be and Wed not to be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the question, yeah. Anyway, after he spun, I would have reminded him to look in his mirrors before manoeuvring because he clipped Stroll. That was the mistake of an amateur. Yeah. Do you think he got a bollocking for that, though? I mean, he got... A 10-second stop-go penalty, three points on his licence, and if I was the steward, a disqualification. Well, yeah, but but do you yes, mean from Ferrari? But do you think Ferrari took him aside and were like, "That is enough"? I don't know. Or do you I, think I'm they just wallow, he, leaving wallowing in self? Oh yeah, they just they just they just went. Oh, we'll talk about this after we've all celebrated Leclerc winning. Did you know that Leclerc just won the Italian Grand Prix? Why do you just stand there? I mean, I wonder if they had to make him do that thing. The Mercedes, you know, these are like the team photograph, and it's all the mechanics out, and it's just like you know the drivers there, and there was a lot of times in the actually the kind of Vettel Red Bull years, and also the Hamilton, what's his name, Mercedes years, where <laughs> one of the drivers has crashed out, and yet they've got to go because it's a team sport, yeah, they've yeah. got to be in the photo they've got to the pit board like, with like Hamilton number one, yeah, and like yeah, Leclerc number one, number one driver Leclerc, yeah, twenty nineteen, thumbs up for this photo, yeah, and he's looking like he's dying inside I I really hope first of all that the Netflix team is going to be at Ferrari towards the second half of the season because I would love to know the dynamic that's going on there at the moment because for so long Vettel has been the four-time world champion who's come in he speaks Italian he's you know he's replaced he's he's had Raikkonen who doesn't give a shit about anything he's come in he's replaced Alonso who's a bit of a dick and he's got the team around him and he's like ah grazie ragazzi all this kind of stuff and then suddenly Leclerc's come in also speaks Italian is better has won the Italian Grand Prix and I really want to know with Vettel continually fucking up now how they're dealing with it because to your question are they having a go at him I don't know because if if they've sort of for several years had this sort of deferential attitude towards this great racing driver the saviour who saved them from the hell of Alonso and now he's gone shit what do they just kind of like is he just like the faded hero and they just, you know, they just kind of ignore him a bit and just look a bit sad at him. I don't know if they're bollocking him. I think they're just kind of like... Oh. Disappointed. Yeah. And they just go, hey, look at Charles! What if Alonso comes back next year to drive for Ferrari? Well, what? Did you hear the news recently? No. Possibly today or recently. He's talked about Alonso's coming and said, hey, these 2021 rules, that would be the logical time to come back. I'm just saying. That's what he said. So yeah, that's, he's, that's he's got his eyes. He's got no leaving parties. He can't come back. No, he can. Hey, well, we got a card. There's a card to sign. Who's it for? Alonso. Oh, I'm not signing him. <laughs> He'll <laughs> well, be back in a couple of seasons. I'm but yeah, well, he, he has sort of expressed an interest in maybe the new rules might be back. But he'll be like 40 then, so I don't know. Yeah. Mercedes. So Bottas, in terms of entertainment, his driving leaves a lot to be desired, as always. But he did an almost flawless drive, finishing in second. Hamilton couldn't catch up with Leclerc. He said it on the radio, Ferrari were just faster. Was it the track? Was Hamilton ill again? <laughs> or are the Mercedes cars just not as good? Well, 
I thought coming into this weekend, especially on the back of Spa, that Ferrari were in a very, very strong position because they were, they're clearly so much faster in a straight line. Purely the car or the track? I mean, the driver as well, particularly Leclerc, but the car looked really strong at Spa, especially going down the Camel Strait. It was just pulling away from everything and anything. And I thought, well, that's going to be brilliant for them at Spa. And then, at, excuse me, at Monza. And then, you know, they qualified pretty well, apart from fettle balls and stuff up a bit. In the race, I fully expected both Ferraris to make their way to the front and disappear off into the distance. Now, Vettel obviously balls it up again because that's what he does now. And I then thought, fine, Leclerc's going to disappear into the distance. And I was actually pretty impressed that Hamilton managed to stay as close as he did. And it made for a really entertaining race. But I, I think with Hamilton driving, I thought, very well, managing his car in the shitty air behind the Ferrari, but it, ju it just wasn't quite fast enough in, in a straight line. And you could see in the different sector times, whenever it was super straight, Ferrari would be quicker. Through the little bends, Hamilton would bring back a load of time and then Ferrari would get away from him. It just meant that as close as Hamilton get, and then Bottas again when, when, when Hamilton's tyres went off, they get right up to him through Parabolica and then by the end, by the time they got to the Lesmo corners, he'd be almost a second down because they just, even with DRS, they just couldn't get close enough to make an overtake, even like a desperate lunge. So it was one of those things where it... It was really exciting and I really enjoyed it, but I think once you sort of realise that the dynamics just... It, it was going to take Leclerc making a mistake for anyone to get past him. It lost which a little bit. Which he kind of did. Which he did a couple of times, but only little minor ones. He did that thing where he locks up at the end of the start finish. Then you've got the, that time when Howard nearly got through and it yeah. was like, this is proper. And then, well, and then Leclerc, did he or didn't he, forced him off the track. Well, really he didn't about leave that. a car's width. That's he true. certainly didn't, did he? But we should talk about this new stewarding... Which actually seems like post-Charlie Whiting. It feels like there's been a bit of a change of the guard since he's gone. Some people have got their ideas that maybe they wouldn't be able to get before because the black and white flag has made a return. Yeah, We spoke briefly about it last week, but the black and white flag used to be a kind of unsportsmanlike behaviour. You still get it in karting. I've seen it a few times. <laughs> but now it's back in Formula 1, except it isn't. This is my big problem with it. The black and white flag is now a caption on the screen that says black and white flag shown to Charlie Clark. Oh, they don't actually wave it. And no one's waving the flag. Um. So is it a black and white flag? Yeah, if you only say the words black and white flag. With final lap then. True, yeah, because that's a chequered flag, which is also black and white. The black and white flag is a diagonal, yeah, but so they should show it. Not if just Because you're, you're driving fast, black and white. Vroom. Or you might think you finished the race. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I won on lap four. <laughs> I mean, I think it's you're right. Uh, I think yeah. they should be. I think they should have a little thing on their display that has a big black and I mean, white. They might thing do actually. I think they don't. They have that for blue flags. I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't know. But either. But I don't think they've got black and white flags in the system because they haven't used it for twenty years. But I think it should be a proper flag waved, and then they should do like in the eighties. I'm not being too nostalgic. They should cut to. A marshal like holding the flag up because that's pointing dramatic. at them as they go past. You, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no bumping. That's, that's what they do at kart tracks. Um, I'm what, only, we, what are we talking about? Karting. Okay, that's right. So no, Leclerc and Hamilton and whether the bumping and the and the speed differentials. The thing is, that whole exchange was classic. That was is great. a proper. We'll look back on that in 20 years and go, God, wasn't Formula 1 great in 2019? Because we'll just be there going, Oh, it's fucking amazing because of that 20 minutes of back and forth it was like Schumacher and Alonso it was like Seller and Prost it was a proper proper ding dong for the win yeah. and I can't rate it highly enough it was very good wasn't it it was that kind of thing where 
look, you've got the plucky young upstart who is very good, desperately holding off the five-time world champion who is throwing every single trick he can in a slightly shitter car that made it incredibly close for I don't even know how many laps it went on for it seemed like quite a long time most of them and just trying every single thing he could think of is like right I'll come I'll, I'll push here I'll push here I'll push here, I'll try and get really close and then come back and none of it quite worked and he had the almost 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 moment and then he just stuck his elbows out and we're like no you shall not pass which made Leclerc a champion well it's Elect. dare I say it Schumacher-esque yeah he's prepared to dance that little line of what's acceptable and what's not but talking of Schumacher-esque when Hamilton's tyres have finally gone Bottas came along yeah and you know you're thinking well he's on fresher tyres he's in a Mercedes he's going to surely have half a fuck's sake <laughs> And then just continually tripped over his own shoelaces. Every fucking time he got into a second, he went, oh my God, I can't do this. Just backed out and just... Well, it wasn't even backed out, he'd just mess up and oh, miss God. his breaking point. And it, well, I mean, that was that's the Mercedes dynamic in a nutshell, isn't it? It's like, I okay, mean, Hamilton's failed. It's like, don't worry, I'm here. It's me, Valtteri Bottas. What's the oh, character? I've slept on a banana skin. What's the character in a cannibal run that's like the superhero? I don't know, I haven't watched it. Fuck's sake. Anyway, that character, it is I, Leclerc. Funny guy. Oh. If you've seen the film, you know what I mean. It's great, really, really funny, funny point. What did you think of it, Chica? Yeah, that Who, was really good. Were you rooting for one or the other, or did you just want to see what happened? There's not one I prefer more. I wanted Leclerc to win, but the, so the, I've got a loyalty to Hamilton. It was a really good race. They're both amazing drivers. They were both ballsy. I really enjoyed it. What we're saying, it sounds like, is that racing was the real winner here. There was some racing going on. Is it me, or has this been quite a good season? A couple of duff races aside. French Grand Prix was shit. Too soon. French well, Grand Prix was the worst. Point. French Grand Prix was shit. Monaco was shit. I think there were a couple of Monaco's races at the beginning that were quite shit. shit. It's been good, but there's been quite a few good races this year. Right, let's go to the next team. Renault. Oh. Ah. ah. Okay, good, because I've run out of sympathetic things to say regarding the demise of Renault's career. Now we can say positive things. So one is, this is Renault's first double top five finish for 11 years but this is not a positive thing that result has just shed light on a really depressing fact so why do things go right for them because it can't just have been Vettel's cock-ups I mean the Vettel's cock-ups helped but yeah um, and and being at the back helped yeah uh, it's weird isn't it because I'd say it was the engine but then McLaren had the same engine and they weren't as good they just got a very slippery car but they've also got Hulkenberg. So yeah, but obviously Hulkenberg, they were never going to get onto the podium. Hulkenberg was made to look a little bit shit this weekend by Ricardo. <laughs> Again. Again. But it was just like, you know, when given the tools, Ricardo got basically the best position that car could have got. And he beat Hulkenberg. Was it just a case that this track just happens to suit this Renault and the drivers did a good job in that scenario? They maximised their optimal strategy. Wow. All right, Ron Dennis. Bloody hell. It does make me wonder if maybe Ferrari are doing a similar thing where they've got a car that will win on the high-speed tracks like Monza and Spa, but not anywhere else. But that's kind of what most teams do. Like, next, the next race is Singapore. Red Bull expects to do well. Ferrari won't do well, you know. But that's an inherent thing to the Red Bull, whereas it's just really good at corners. Yeah, but it's got a lot of downforce. Is it? It's yeah. built around downforce, whereas it looks like the Ferrari and the Renault were built around speed, not downforce. Yes. Sorry if I'm getting too up, technical up here. Force. Up force. <laughs> Up velocity. <laughs> um, they did do really well, and I was pleased for them because 
you know, I quite like Ricardo, and bless him, he's torpedoed his career. Um, and it's nice of him to have a little sniff of glory again. I mean, not proper glory, obviously, because no, no. he wasn't on the podium. Uh, he won't be having any kind of shoey, but, you know, I'd like, you know, as a former Renault owner until last week. Um, right, I've sold my car, by the way. Thank Thanks. You. I'm pleased to see them do well. Okay, Good. Red Bull. Uh, another strong drive from our man Albon, finishing sixth, despite despite a five-second penalty. Uh, Verstappen clipped Perez early on and had to head back for a shiny new front wing. But other than that, I didn't see much of the Red Bull reliable attention seeker. Albon has done two races for Red Bull, and he has obliterated Verstappen in both of them. I mean, I mean, the points and the results suggest that yes. Yes. But, Stop okay. that sentence there. Right. Okay. No. Yeah. Let's. Well, let's go with that. I mean, he has driven very well, with the, the exception of that one completely ludicrous attempt to overtake Science around the outside of Lesmo. It's like, what are you yeah. doing? That was never going to work. Let him back. Um, and in fact, didn't work. And was that what he got the penalty for? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that seems a little harsh because he came off by far worse out of that. Oh, no, no, there's another one where he, tro- he overtook someone, he cut a corner and went straight ahead. Oh, uh, right, okay, fine. Um, um, overall, I think he did drive very well and he's clearly going to be one to look out for for the future. for Stappen, let me get in early and blame him right over. It wasn't really his fault, actually. He went really slowly. That was a weird one, wasn't it? Well, we didn't see it for a start because the, well, the director didn't bother pressing record. He, he was really cautious going to the front line going, don't want to fuck up, don't want to fuck up, don't want to fuck up. Oh, it's not the first corner. That's fun. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> he'd sniped from there because he changed his engine, was he's it? He changed yeah. his ego. Engine, sorry. So he's starting from the back anyway. And then, yeah, just a bit unlucky. And that is that two two races in a row now where he's not finished in the top five. Two races in a row where he's gone out on the first lap. Yeah. And two races where Albon has finished in the points. Well, Ooh. Albon is clearly better than Verstappen. Okay, well, we'll Maybe see if that continues. Him. I am looking forward to the point where hopefully the Red Bull is right at the front again. Singapore. And both Verstappen and Albon are on top form to see uh, quite how well they compare to each other. Well, Singapore, Red Bull are favourite to win, yeah. so it's going to be a good one. Fun. McLaren! So things were looking good for Sainz, and he got up to sixth until his team didn't put his front wheel on properly. And apparently this cost McLaren £4,486. Why did this team mistake cost him that? I don't know. I guess that's a Euro conversion. Could be. I'm guessing yeah. that... Which is depressing. Know, if they did it in pounds, it would just start. Oh, no, it can't be euros because there's no. No, no I think it was five thousand euros. And that yeah. seems. I converted it into pounds because of Brexit. I'll be honest. That's a better exchange rate than I actually thought we were at at the moment. Well, good Maybe. for you for being an optimist yeah. with a can-do attitude to Brexit. Yeah. The reason that they fucked up the pit stop was quite simple. It was because Alonso was in the vicinity <laughs> and all of McLaren just got a little bit butterfingers. <laughs> he oh, was there, wasn't he? The big he? guy's back. Oh, let's not fuck up. Oh, shit. <laughs> Did you see him on the grid? I saw him on the grid. Being all Alonso-ish. Yeah. Going, yes, I've been driving Dakar. It's brilliant. I'm amazing. I don't think he was wearing any Kamoa. I think his hat was Kamoa, wasn't it? Well, it feels like it should have been, but maybe even his own company have got rid of him. That'd be great. <laughs> maybe Kamoa's got to the point now where they're like, we don't need to show our logo. We've got uh, Rich Energy to sponsor Ooh. us. Racing point. Well, Stroll could have got points if it wasn't for him rejoining the track in an unsafe manner. And of course, Vettel being a dick. 
Perez. So if I was a betting woman, I've bet quite a lot of money that Perez was not going to do well in the race after being forced out of qualifying with an engine problem. However, he did a superb bit of driving and finished in sixth. I don't actually remember seeing much of Perez, but he did do very well. Classic Perez, just sneaky, sneaky. We should give a little moment to Stroll because we didn't really talk about Vettel annihilating annihilating him by not looking left and right. Mirror signal manoeuvre, Vettel. Um, But then... Then he strolled exactly the same thing. Stroll then went, oh, I'm really pissed off, so I'm just going to go on the track and nearly hit Gasly. He got a penalty as well. Yeah, well, not, yeah, not, not, quite as a, not quite as severe a penalty. But what it was, was it again? Uh, I think he got a uh, five-second five second penalty, but it wasn't a stop-go, whereas Vettel got the... Stop. Was it the drive-through? I can't remember. It was no, the no, harshest no, penalty he could possibly yeah. get. He got the ten-second stop-go thing. Was it, was it stop-go? So he had to come into the... Was it drive-through or was it stop-go? Stop-go. Did they stop add it go. onto an existing pit no, stop? No, no, or did no, he, no, he had to come in, stop for ten seconds, and then go. That's pretty harsh. Stroll's was nowhere near us. But yeah, I mean, Stroll was nowhere near as much to blame. But it was still, while he was on the radio railing at Vettel, he had done almost exactly the same thing to Gasly. It's like getting mugged. But not hit him. So like if you got mugged and then someone goes, you're right, and you nick their wallet. Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> Hayes. This was a truly pants weekend. Grosjean was hit at turn one. Uh, and he never really recovered. And Magnussen retired with a hydraulics leak. Who would you most like to be friends with out of Magnussen and Grosjean? Magnussen. Grosjean. Ooh, explain. I could just do with feeling better than someone for once. So he'd just be sort of like your bitch. Yeah, yeah, you just kind like of be a like... a friend. Yeah, one of those friends where you'd be like, God, I feel depressed today. I know, I'll, I'll s- give Roman a call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, th- I think an evening out with Magnussen would be quite fun because you never quite know when he might start a fight or, oh, okay. I don't know, get another tattoo or something. Great. Get, get another tattoo. Uh, <gasps> you know, Wild. crazy nights out. I don't know, I'm old now. I don't know what the kids are up to, but, yeah. A uh, night they were shy. They're a wed-to-be. A why. night out with Grosjean would just be, you'd be sat there in a nice drink and then he'd go to the toilet and disappear for ages and you go and try and find him and he's just, like, walking into the wall next to the toilet so door and you go, go no it's there mate <laughs> see I imagine you'd go in and he'd somehow slipped through the seat and was just wedged inside the toilet <laughs> somehow there's a man pissing on him <laughs> and that man would be Magnuson Toro Rosso well this was nothing to write home about if they weren't already home Gasly nearly hit Stroll after Vettel did and then he lost two places Kvyat had smoke coming out of his rear and then it turned out to be an oil leak in an interview, it seemed he really couldn't care less, though. Yeah, bit of an invisible weekend for the pair of them. Gasly was unlucky at being almost stroll-pedoed. That's not a thing. Unlucky, Wait, no, but he, he needs to be looking fucking terrific in that car yeah. to save his career, and yeah. he's not. So, yeah. whatever. I mean, it's at this point, at this point, isn't Toro Rosso basically just a retirement home? It's got two drivers who have been to Toro Rosso then gone to Red Bull then come back to Toro Rosso and they're just surely treading water yep I mean what's what's even the point of the Toro Rosso team at this point there isn't okay Alfa Romeo so last week we were either negative or ambivalent towards Giovinazzi like many of his races so far it was nothing memorable however in Monza he got a career best he said I think I'm not 100% sure about this um, that you don't think Giovinazzi will be driving for Alfa Romeo next year. 
Did I you say that? I did say that, and I still stand by that. Okay. And I will bet fifty pounds oh, to the dogs, dogs trust. trust. <laughs> We've saved so many dogs on this. Do podcast. you know what? I'll double it. I'll no, go. I'll what? go all in. Right. If he doesn't drive next year, then I'm in. I'm done. That's good. Okay. If he does drive for Alfa Romeo, I owe a hundred pounds to wow. the dogs trust. God, you love doubling dogs. down. I don't You've even like cats. dogs. I like cats more. Right. Is there a cats trust? Is that a thing? Fancy cats. Nah, you've, no, 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 you've said you've said dogs trust on this All podcast. Right. You can't take that back. I, I also don't think he'll be. Uh, I mean, if this is the high Care point, care to of make that more interesting? No. <laughs> oh, um, the dogs are gonna win. If, <laughs> if this is the high point of his F1 career, yeah. I mean, well, I bet he is. Nobody's writing a book about him. How much him, do you bet? I bet fifty pounds. What? That he will be driving. Next year. I mean, I just don't care either way. On Dogs Trust. I mean, oh. so whatever happens, Dogs Trust gets the money. Why are we suddenly? Money? Can we get the Dogs Trust to sponsor us? I don't think you. I mean, fifty quid an episode. <laughs> if they can give us hundred quid, we're quitting. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yep. I, I reckon Giovinazzi will end up at the Dogs Trust next year. Oh. I think that's what's going to happen. So that's what you bet. I, I don't think I've ever cared less about a driver. I don't care if he does well. I don't care if he does badly. I'm so yeah. ambivalent towards him. Fucking hell. Phil would have him put down. Raikkonen is the only interesting. Yeah, whatever. Williams. Done. Russell was overtaken by Vettel and Kubica did two stops. That is literally all I could think of to say. Russell had an epic battle with Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. That is true, actually. Yeah. I didn't think of that. He's been he's right up at the sharp end of the bottom of the yeah, midfield. Yeah, but he lost it so badly. I mean, he did, but he's only Williams. So, uh, I mean, they both finished, didn't they? Which yeah. is more than some people did. I mean, they were never going to do well at Monza. They have, they have been consistently finishing. They've like, been their reliability consistently is good. shit. Yeah. But they, they're, they're finishing badly. Why are you finishing. such a big fan? Yeah, you love I Williams. Just, uh, you want to kiss Claire Williams. Uh. <laughs> I mean... Whoa. <laughs> I mean, Claire or Frank. I mean, I'd rather Frank. I've got more chance. You can't get away. <laughs> <laughs> didn't hear what you said but I can almost guarantee that it was disgusting <laughs> they're rubbish we know they're rubbish they finished the race at this point you know that's as much as we can say there might be a couple of races Singapore particularly where there's walls everywhere where maybe a load of other people hit the walls and they don't and maybe they'll get some points all of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders so Charles Leclerc this week became a hero in Italy and it reminded me of the last hero of Italy which was our very own Nigel Mansell oh when he was at Ferrari he got a nickname Phil which was Il Leone which means the lion so I figured what if all of these year's drivers <laughs> had an Italian nickname okay. and I apologise this is all done by Google Translate okay so already I like it Lewis Hamilton will be Il Nemico which is the enemy oh bit racist no, um, I don't like him there Bottas would be Il Numero Duo <laughs> 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 Max Verstappen would be La Arancia. The spider? Orange. Oh. Because <laughs> of the Dutch thing. Okay, yeah. Uh, Leclerc would be Il Dio, not Il Divo. <laughs> Il Dio, which is the god. Ooh, I reckon that might be his yeah, name. Okay, I'll yeah. Hear it here first. Vettel is the who, <laughs> which I think Google Translate thought I meant the who <laughs> and not the words the who. <laughs> So it translated The Who into The Who, yeah. which well, is not Italian. The Who's Italian album. Maybe. Maybe that is. Um, La Delusione <laughs> is the disappointment. That's Gasly. 
Il Figlio is the son. That's Carlos Sainz. Right. Uh, non vedo ma pio un shui. <laughs> They'll never see a shui again. Uh, le Imperio calls Pisque and Cola. The Empire Strikes Back. Just uh, the, I don't get it. Uh, nor do I, but I just realized there's an Italian guy in the next booth to us. Ooh. And I'm saying bad Italian, very low. Is he um, looking? I, I think he was. Uh, <laughs> La Reser... La Resurzione is Daniel Kvyat, the resurrection. <laughs> Il Podio is the podium. That's Nico Holger's book. That's harsh nickname. Nasty. Il Traditore, <laughs> the traitor. Ooh. Kimi Raikkonen. Ooh. Uh, Le Gomi is Sergio Perez, the tyres. <laughs> Il Mimi, the meme. It's Norris. <laughs> Mastrami il denaro is show me the money. That's Lance Stroll. <laughs> Le palle is the balls. That's Magnuson. <laughs> Lo zombello <coughs> is the laughing stock. That's Grosjean. <laughs> il nipote is Giovinazzi, the nephew. Okay. Because he's kind of like you know he's Ferrari young driver and he's in the sister team. The cousin would probably be better, wouldn't it? Yeah. And il brachio is. Kubica, the arm. <laughs> so that was uh, that. Was that. Oh. And for the constructors, now we're recording this on 9-11 anniversary. Why are you looking worried? Oh, where's this going? <laughs> I'm worried. And I was thinking, 9-11 obviously happened in 2001, and that was a Formula 1 year in 2001. So right. I thought, what teams this year... Now, hang on. What... If each team this year had to be a team from that year, what team would they be? Ooh. Now, I don't mean what team were they, like Mercedes right. would have been Tyrrell back then or whatever, but what, you know, for the nostalgists amongst you, okay. which team has got the performance? It's not as controversial as Are I was you expecting. really struggling? This is a good one. Okay. Fuck off. <laughs> so, Mercedes would be Ferrari, Ooh. because it was a Schumacher year, yeah. 2001, he won the championship. Ferrari would be McLaren because they were the second best team that year. Red Bull would be Williams because they used to be good. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, McLaren would be Benetton because they're a bit flashy, but yeah. Um, nice clothes. Renault would be Jaguar. Lots of talk, no results. Toro Rosso, oh, thank you, would be Arrows. Bit rubbish. Occasionally spawn a good result. There you go. Racing point would be Jordan, because they are. <laughs> Alfa Romeo would be Prost. Haas would be Sauber. And Williams would be Minardi, which is uh, quite sad, isn't it? I got a podium once. So did Williams. <laughs> okay. Once. There you go. That wasn't as good as I thought it would be. You're right, Chica. I'm struggling. <laughs> And now, the fact off. The rules are simple. Two men, three alternating facts. Oh, I've picked Each. a bad page. One of whom has prepared. <laughs> one of whom has Google. Phil won the last one. Terry is still slightly in the lead. I mean, I think quite a lot in the lead. Whatever the score, Phil gets to go first. Thank you very much. So these are my Italian facts. Here we go, number one. There are two types of classic pizza, and only one has cheese on it. Pizza marinara is just dough and tomato sauce, while pizza margarita has mozzarella on it as well. The 
colours of the Italian flag represent three virtues. Hope is green, faith is white, and charity is red. We were going to say cheese then. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's good. I mean, Phil, yours was shit. What? I'm sorry. You knew that, did you? I'm sorry, you knew that there was a pizza marinara? Yeah. Oh. Sorry, so that is Terry 1, Phil 0. This is bullshit. Terry, next yeah. fact, please. Just loading my page. <laughs> the name Italy comes from the word Italia. That's not the fact. <laughs> That's just the precursor to the fact. <laughs> Meaning calf land because the bull was a symbol of the southern Italian tribes. Monza is the fastest Grand Prix track on the calendar, but Monza was also the site of the fastest marathon ever in 2017. Two minutes, 25 seconds by Eliud Kipchoge, but it didn't count as a world record because it wasn't run to IAAF standards. He did a marathon in two minutes. Fucking hell. That's right, I didn't misspeak. No, (laughs) two hours, sorry. Two hours, 25 seconds. (laughs) That's nearly a Formula One lap. Uh, so yeah, it's fast. Whatever we look at it, Monza, fast. Good. Yeah, you can have that one, despite yeah. your error and your fact. So that's one all. Final fact. Phil. Oh. Uh, oh, I've got two to choose from. Right. Italy only became a country in 1861. Before that, it was a plethora of papal states, kingdoms, and duchies. And I, for one, am sad that they don't still have them. That is interesting. I love a duchy. Terry? When the first McDonald's in Italy opened in 1986 in Rome, food purists outside the restaurant protested giving away free spaghetti to remind people of their culinary heritage. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds... I mean, that almost sounds racist. It's so stereotypical. If they did it, it's not racist. Were they... Did they have big moustaches and... I don't know, I haven't got a picture. That's racist. What? Okay, well, I'm going to take a mark off for your racism there. Uh, and Terry can can win that one. Yeah, so. unbelievable. Il Leone. <laughs> All of which leads us to the state of F1 with Terry Saunders. Do you know what? It's sad to see a driver on a downward slope of his career, but with another torrid weekend from Sebastian Vettel, alongside the stalling career of Grosjean, Hülkenberg, and even Kubica's depressing return to F1, has led me to think we need a better way than this petering out into nothingness pattern. He whose name can't be mentioned, arguably did the right thing by winning the 2016 championship, thinking, Christ, that was a fluke, and then fucking off before he could get found out. Schumacher too ends his career on a fairly high perch before returning with Mercedes and being a bit rubbish. And also Hakkinen, who took some time off and thought, fuck it. But more careers have dwindled into embarrassment, whether it's increasingly shit teams like Alonso and Jacques Villeneuve, or increasingly shit performance like Vettel and Nelson Piquet spring to mind. It's hard to know when to stop. Add to that the constant pushing from below of younger drivers from lower formulae trying to get into F1 and having only scant practice days and young driver tests and we see we have a problem. But don't worry, I have a solution. Motor racing these days loves its driver of the day polls and fan boost stats and all that so maybe we need to utilise this. After each race, totally anonymously, the drivers and the management and their mechanics and sponsors and fans all vote on each driver. The lowest voter the following week cannot race and gets booted to Friday practice or Formula 2 or, if a particularly bad vote, Formula E. 
and similarly they'll be votes in Formula 2 to promote a driver it will be like football promotion and relegation but instead of yearly it's every race and instead of teams it's drivers and the only problems I can foresee are tiny ones about favouritism in voting and contractual or sponsor agreements being fucked with other than that it's a genius idea I mean wow. in theory I like the idea but I do worry that Verstappen would simultaneously be promoted and possibly demoted every week because people just seem to vote for Verstappen for everything in every race. Great. So he'd be in the same place? Yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah, so nothing would change. It's a self-policing system. <laughs> and if you enjoyed that state of F1, uh, don't forget you can support us in beer money. Go to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. That is it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We have not had time to talk about the teams and how much money they're losing. Specifically, Renault, who have just announced that last year they lost £7.4 million, and Williams, who apparently lost £16.8 million due in large part to being rubbish. And to Terry Saunders. Next year, there might be lights on the wheels. What? I can't remember. I only read the headline. I didn't read the article. But okay. It's going to be some like LEDs on the wheels. I quite like the sound of that. Sounds good. Yeah. Spoky dokes. Hey. Which is clack, 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 clack as it goes back. <laughs> they went, that, that would be a very formal one. noise back. That would be a very formal one solution to the engine noise. You're like, oh, it's all right. We've got some spoky dokes. <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks to discuss the Singapore Grand Prix. But in the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake. And follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. And you can buy stuff from us. Terry? Yep. I will be <laughs> standing on the corner of Oxford Street and Tottenham Court Road at four o'clock every afternoon for the next fortnight selling the Yourself? clothes oh. on my body. Right. Again. Yep. Great. And if you can't get to London, then ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. Thanks for listening. See you in a fortnight. IPG Crest. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Podcast Network.